Hi, everyone. Welcome to Tech Tea Quick Takes. I'm your host, Alex Riley, and we are back with our first episode of the new year. Here are today's headlines. We are reviewing and analyzing our predictions for the upcoming year, including AI, the Canadian tech job market, tech transactions, and the funding market and what the future looks like. And to help me weigh in and analyze all of these points, Alex Norman is back to help break it down. Happy New Year, Alex. Hey, Alex. How are you doing? I'm good. I can't believe it's 2024 and we're... I guess a few weeks into the month already. Yeah, uh, two weeks, three weeks. I don't know. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't seem like... All I know is it's cold across Canada. <laughs> it is very cold. We finished 2023 and our last episode of the year kind of discussing, I guess, trends or topics that people wanted to know if they were going to continue to be relevant in 2024. And we're sort of picking it back up in a different way and kicking it off with we're predicting how various topics are going to play out and how industries and things will evolve this year. First off with, I think one of the most popular last year and also this year is just AI. So as much as we can anticipate and look ahead, a lot is going to continue to evolve and change over the next 350 or so odd days. But let's get into what we think significant developments will be and just key trends to watch. So okay. number one, productivity. We talked about this last year. How is this going to be something that will continue to save time and boost efficiency across the board um, for various jobs and industries? Okay. So first of all, we're cheating a bit. We're already two weeks into the year. Mm -hmm. It seems like a bit late to be talking about predictions. Um, look, uh, so here, I guess the question is, how do we see AI being used? Yeah. Um, so we talk about productivity. I think there's, there's, and I guess there's two ways we're seeing it used. Productivity is the obvious one, the one that people talked about last year. So yeah. last year, last year, a lot of funding, the big, sexy, large number funding went to the actual models, right? Yeah. The second thing they started going to apps, and all these apps were focused on productivity. And I could break into the obvious ones and the obvious ones. I think the obvious ones were like the co-pilots world. There was a lot of focus on let's do your job faster and better. It's yeah. being the writer, getting uh, ChatGPT to edit your writing, getting Strut to just make you more efficient. It's uh, getting Spellbook for lawyers to you know provide an initial version of the contract or review the contract and find what's changed. So the first layer and where you saw a lot of funding and where the media productivity is to make someone and give them take either her or him to from a 20th percentile to 70th percentile by just improving the quality or by doing the stuff that they didn't want to do before, like, you know, the, the stuff that are repetitive, right? So mm -hmm. that, that's the first level of productivity. Yep. You saw all of that. I think the second thing where it gets more interesting is taking the whole workflow and basically making it disappear. Yes. Um, so that's like, you know, company I highlighted in the newsletter was post postalize. So one thing lots of salespeople do is they have to identify a customer, find a way to get them on a phone or an email and reach out to them. So with Postalize, it says, okay, you can say my target category is ABC. It creates a list and then you can approve it or not, but it can basically go and start doing it and building that whole relationship. It only gets you involved when that sales call is needed. Maybe a future version does the whole initial sales of customer support. So I think what you're going to see is there's a lot the next layer mm -hmm. of productivity is actually removing the human from the loop. 
and taking care of a whole chunk and it's it's the basically the output i think you see a couple companies like that again picking with a canadian one even up yeah um they're creating the whole demand letter so you're now able to eliminate a human from a whole input to output and again you probably want a human to check everything stuff like that yeah. so it it makes it seems much more productive Right. So of course, like the things we've spoken about before, like the, the time saving and efficiency aspect and also just how it's going to evolve traditional traditional work in those workflows. Let me pick pick apart that a bit better. So like sure. I think there's two layers of productivity. The first one is doing what you do and mm-hmm. eliminating parts of it or making parts of it much faster. Second one is eliminating a whole workflow and just having to deal with it, maybe prompt input and get the output. Yeah. And so I think those are, you know, those are that's a second degree of order of impact. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're going to start seeing. So just we talked about the efficiency side, but what about funding? Obviously, we did see a lot of money for AI related startups and products and businesses last year. Is this going to impact the space still continuously? Will we see a change uh, in well, terms of funding? So it depends on what you attribute to AI. So like I, like I think the AI models will continue to get large, num- large amount of capital. Okay. Um, you know, whoever's doing video, whoever's doing whatever, fundamental yeah. models are needed but i think those are going to happen less frequently and the names will be more stable like you'll see the ones that are emerging winners get more and more capital but mm-hmm. they'll be less often still big numbers i think then you get the app layer or stuff that are built on the, using ai or the insights of ai yeah. i think there was a premium for that last year i think we're getting to the point where if you don't have ai it's pretty shocking so I think you'll see a lot of companies that are AI first get funding, but I think the premium they get will decline. So they won't be like, hey, everything else in the seed round has been done at, let's call it seven to eight. Now, because it's AI, it's 20. Yeah. Um, So the funding will still happen. I think what it it just implies, it'll just be less, everything, everything's going to be AI enabled to a certain extent. Okay. And obviously a few things to watch in terms of AI. Is there anything else or, or implications you just further well, want to highlight or outcomes you foresee? So, uh, you know, when you when you take the productivity one, I think it's, you know, not well understood. Uh, you know, I, I think the first thing there is, I think it will change what, how lots of functions work and what functions are needed at a company, right? So, mm-hmm. it, you know, it will you know, but it'll also create new opportunities. And I don't know what they are yet, but this goes back to, you know, if you're like 1995, lots of stuff used for creatives, like, you know, you know, proofreading got, got more significantly more automated, but created like, you know, and it used to be a thing called Webaster, which is now like six different roles from like yep. UI and UX. Right. So I think, I think the productivity one is going to have a, a big impact on society. Some will be quick, some will be slow. And I think, the rules and it'll be fastest seeing the startups are going to adjust fastest. I think mm-hmm. what else can we see from the implications? I think the implication is when the productivity is in a com- complete workflow and the output, you're going to see instead of charging for a seat, like a traditional SaaS model, like, you know, SaaS models try to always play with pricing. And most of them traditionally say, Hey, it's for X number of seats or, you know, humans using it, or maybe it's, you know, they try to line a number of API calls. I think here the natural alignment is going to be in the, actually the output, right? So what I mean here is, you know, let's pick a one. Hey, you know, number of clients acquired, because if you're now eliminating, it's in a weird way, the more productivity you provide, the less seats you're selling. 
So you might want to now charge for the actual activity done. So like you see intercoms charging for number of answer, um, number of customer inquiries resolved uh, without a human touch, right? I think they're charging like 99 cents. So you think about that, that goes, okay, that, that's a great deal. And one part of people are like, oh, that's crazy. Why would I pay a dollar for each customer's you know, solution solved? The more customer questions they solve, the more I'm paying them. But you know, a human could probably get to 15 of these an hour. You're probably paying her or him 35 bucks all in. So that's $2 an inquiry. Maybe they get to you know, three. So now you're paying, you can eliminate the overhead of you know, people, as horrible to say, and you're paying significantly less. So mm-hmm. the, gonna be, the business model of merge will be better aligned in a weird way and you'll be paying you'll paying some set of what you pay humans right um and i think that that, that implies there's gonna be leaner teams especially yeah. at startups right like if you if you can get invest in paying a dollar to get a customer service question at answered you'll probably still need a customer success team and a customer support team but it'll be leaner and they'll be dealing with the more edge cases or more valuable customers right so as much as there's implications about leaner teams they're also as you said before which leads us into our next prediction is it will create more jobs or more opportunities. We're not sure what those necessarily are yet, but obviously anyone that I think has an understanding of artificial intelligence and how to use it efficiently, again, for all those points you made, there's probably going to be a need for hiring individuals like that. So for the next 2024 prediction, um, this one, I'm interested to hear your takes as well, because obviously we saw a lot of uh, changes and shifts in the job market last year and halfway through the month we've obviously seen more adjustments uh happen to this prediction and i mean yeah. sadly we're seeing more layoffs most recently google laying off you know a large portion of their workforce why um even just so early into the year why are we still in your opinion so, seeing these surges so I, I guess i'm glad we get to flush this out via conversation on a podcast or video because i think trying to write it in a succinct article is very hard to get at what's going on so I think um, it's also hard emotionally to come across with obviously it's it's a human cost and a human aspect too, right? Yeah. Well, you know, uh yeah. And and there's a reason though that's that emotions and sensational is why the largely offs get all the attention mm-hmm. on Twitter or Global yeah. Mail. Um so let's let's start with those headlines. Um let, let's again it's always to take a context of where they're coming from. So and we've discussed this before, but companies Late stage companies and public market companies were getting paid for growth. That's what they're being valued on in 2021. So all through 2020 and probably till the 2022, they had all this aggressive growth um, plans where they were paying ahead and they were recruiting ahead of time and just to get the people so they can continue to grow. They didn't want to say, hey, we had a bad quarter because we couldn't fill these jobs. So you had all these wealth and, and, and companies could do this they were getting funded at these crazy valuations so they raised 400 million dollars so lots of late stage companies anyone from discord to hop in to google if you look at the numbers from 2020 to 2022 most of them doubled if not more and over on headcount so what happened and somewhere in 2022 to the to end of 2023 um almost all lots of the large public companies mm-hmm. cut people and they're like hey we're not gonna we you know Meta said, we're not going to put as much into the metaverse. Um, you know, Discord, you know, you know, an app, and, you know, hey, maybe we have, you know, the sales productivity is not where we need it. Let's get rid of the third, bottom third. And there was a feeling I had at the end of the last year that we were through those cuts. But we saw in the first few weeks of the year, there was, I guess, people reviewed again coming into the year. So the public company said, hey, there's still, let, let's, let's get rid of 
the underperformers or the categories we don't think we can grow into justifying. So like if it's a, like metaverse seems to be de-emphasized at meta, um, yeah. you know, Amazon had a lot of people at one point in the Alexa division, right? And they said that hey, maybe there's not a use case here and because the markets want to see not gro- only growth, but they want to see growth and good economics. Then what's happened with the private, I feel like lots of the late stage private companies that raised a lot of money, they went through the same exercise. They said, hey, we still have a bit of, you know, not necessarily, we're not, we're not fat. We don't have too many people, but we're, you know, we want to, we want to give, like, you know, sort of like be a bit fitter. So let's, let's get out of the excess or the low performing people or the divisions, the stuff that aren't priority anymore. And then we probably backfill where we think we need better, you know, where it's more of an emphasis. So I think the headlines go to like Discord or Twitter, everyone continue to fire and i think we'll continue to see that um in the market the flip side mm-hmm. is what doesn't get talked about uh, i think once a week i'm getting an inbound from either company in my portfolio or i'm either talking with a later stage company in my portfolio or i'm inbound to someone that's looking at canada and going hey alex we have 30 or 50 open positions 20, 10 of them are on our job our website the other 20 we want to you want you don't want to put up because we get lots of bad inquiries but we can't fill these positions yeah, uh, you know who? What's a great company at a startup in the pre-seed round or seed round that we can go acquire? Um, I've also know of conversations with other companies that are in that situation where that the company may not be able to raise. They have great technology for various reasons. You know, the market's not funding them. Who twelve months ago would just have to close up shop? Where they now have two or three or four acquirers looking to company. And I've seen multiple late stage companies asking me who can they acquire. I've seen multiple early stage companies in the acquisition talks. And why is because mm-hmm. the talent these companies are looking for is not, they can't find it now. That's you're, you're probably thinking, Hey, you just told me lots of people are getting laid off. Yeah. Um, so what's the mismatch? I think there's a couple things. One is the roles like AI, you know, there's they, the roles may not be enough people out there still. Right. Cause there's a mismatch in the market adjusts. Yep. I think second of all, I think startups are being much more conscious about the culturally fit of a person. Right. And so, Someone that has got a career and she's worked at, let's say, in sales at a bunch of late stage companies may not be a fit to be that second hire as a salesperson early stage. So what we're seeing is um, these headlines of people getting laid off. And I think they'll continue for a bit, but those will eventually taper off because these companies and some it's just redefining a strategy. Some of just they hired too much and they still have access to get rid of. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I'm hearing signals from the market where Hey, we can't find people. Okay. It, that's interesting that you're seeing both sides of the coin. That was sort of my next question, which you just said, you do see it perhaps tapering off. Cause I was going to ask, you know, do you see more of these headlines? Do you see it progressively improving, which you alluded, obviously we're hopeful that it will. And well, it look will again, off, if the recession, if we have recession, yeah. you know, there'll be some people affected, right? Um, of course. Yeah. You know, like, and again, the big companies are so big that, they can continue to grow faster in the economy, but they can't necessarily grow, you know, like they're affected by s- stuff too, right? So there could all, there's probably always going to be large tech companies laying people off. but Right. Uh, you know. Right. I mean, on the flip side, rapidly growing or doing the opposite. Uh, you yeah. did a touch a little bit too on um, the last points just about, uh, and also in our last headline too, about AI. Um, and I kind of brought up just AI specific roles and how perhaps with AI creating those workflows and efficiencies, it's, opening up as well, the potential for other uh, jobs for like AI specialists, for example, or things like that. Do you see this becoming important, becoming a trend or just really taking off for, cool. for people that are looking for roles? 
the market's always changing what it wants, right? Mm -hmm. Like you go back 20 years, if you're an SEO or SEM expert, there wasn't enough people knowing that doing like search engine optimization, search engine marketing. Those yep. are still in the man, but probably the market's, you know, looking, there's more, how do I say, nuance in what people are looking for there, right? You know, then 10 years ago or eight years ago was social media markers. Now it's probably like, if you just go, you know, there's probably people looking for how do we inject into prompts and how do we get shorter, get, 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 you know, get relevance on TikTok, right? So the roles and the skills people mm -hmm. want for the individual contributors are always changing, right? Even yeah. the, the, the senior roles are probably more consistent. You know, people are just looking for, you know, can you bring talent? Can you do your job while you're not a division, right? Um, you know, so like, yeah, if you are have experience with LLMs, you're very valuable, right? If you, you, mm -hmm. you've you validated, um, you know, you know how to build a sales team, you're valuable, right? Um, I think specific skills change. I think there's some, some roles are less in demand than they were before. Um, I also think one thing that's sort of implicitly discussed is I think the market is more robust than it, than it appears on the surface. I think a lot of people are not explicitly putting roles out there. They want, because there is still a lot of people out there that are being, they're silently looking for roles and not putting on, on, on yeah. their startups website. So you have to really, the, the market, you can't get hired better than you could 12 months ago, but mm -hmm. you have to be working your network coming to TechTO or yeah. being in forums, building relationships. So you're top of mind when a position comes in and people know why you. Like I think positioning, individual positioning is underrated. People don't talk about, uh, you know, their soft skills and, and the actual ability to deliver value enough. I think lots of, or I see lots of applications come into, you know, cold. First of all, right. if you have, a, you know, it's not clear what this person, why they're, their best in class and what or what they're best in class at. Mm -hmm. Well, I think it's important to highlight the networking aspect of it too, because it is hard, as you said, to tell like someone's qualities or their capabilities for the job just by, you know, even a resume or doing something virtually. So that's why tech tos are also important too, yeah. right? Get out and meet and people. It, and I think one other thing is which we didn't touch upon is what does this mean for salaries? Uh, what does this mean for benefits? Yeah. I think salaries are down from their peak. I don't think they're going to go jump up quickly because there is enough slack in the market and people feel like they've overpaid. Mm -hmm. I think also the benefits are different, right? Like, um, I feel like a lot of founders feel like they, they didn't create, they sold instead of selling culture, they sold perks. And so now it's more like we want people who want to be mission aligned, mm -hmm. want to deliver stuff, keep your political, you know, your personal political views outside the company much more than it was 24 months ago. We don't want to hear you know, that, whatever that may be. And you're going to benefit from like us kicking ass. And I think it's, it's, it's much more, you're coming here because you believe in the company. We're going to yeah. pay you decently. We're not going to pay you over the top and we're going to, and we're going to, you're going to make money with us when we, we all succeed. I think it's, that's, that's a lot more company employee yeah. alignment, at least in the founder's perspective. It's a good point. Cause it's been a while since I've applied for a job, but I remember it was, you know, the mental health days and the sort of, I guess, intangible things that added to the perks of why you'd want to join aside from believing in the mission or liking the role. Um, just something I want to bring up that you mentioned before is just the flip side. There's companies that are shrinking and they're laying people off and they're letting go of talent, but also the hiring has been a struggle. Why do you think there's still such a struggle in terms of 
you know, the demands of filling the roles. Just because it's, you know, it, it's a matching problem, right? Like it's looking for talent. It's looking also for the right cultural fit. And, you know, Amazon has a position available. It's on their website. They have it on LinkedIn. There's always, people are always known to look for Amazon, right? Um, because it's Amazon. Because it's Amazon. And they, yeah. they, even even now, I'm sure, again, I haven't looked at their website. I'm sure there's, there's a probably a thousand plus jobs listed on there. Based in Toronto, serving, I don't know, the vertically service insurance brokers. Distribution's not there. People don't look proactively for your name. Mm-hmm. They may have it listed slightly different. It's it's a matching problem, right? It's, or it's if just, you are serving a niche market, sorry, I should have yeah. said, as a startup. Yeah, it's it's a matching problem. It's people aware of the job and people in the in the in the founder or team is aware that you exist. Okay, and just anything else that you want to point out in regards to uh, the job market, or I don't know, helpful advice to leave anyone with that also might be in a position that they're looking for a job right now. Be positive. Get a get a support system, right? Like, even in the best of times, it's not easy to find a job. I think it's not the worst of times. I don't think it's the best of times. And I think it's, I think it's a good point to reflect on what what are you really trying to achieve out of your career, and how do you position yourself for success? And I think, you know, in a funny way, the worst time to be hard is when everything's going well because you just chase the perks and, you, and it becomes a very transactional in nature. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that companies take care of employees and award them, you, you know, you should look out for yourself. But I think when you're looking, the better you know what you want and the better you know how you can position yourself to to be valuable, the more likely to be a, com- you know, a position that you thrive in and love. And that's what leads to, you know, thriving something and enjoying it. Yeah. You, know, you don't necessarily enjoy what you thrive in and you don't necessarily thrive in what you enjoy. But if you can get combine those two, you usually you're, you're ready for success. Yeah. Uh, I have um, a few people that I know that are currently job hunting and they say it's almost sometimes better when there's less available because when there's too much, I think, you know, available or, or in, you know, your realm or your reality, sometimes it's a little bit harder to, as you said, you know, find what it is you want to do and where you want your career to go because there's just so much opportunity available. So tech transactions, and again, interested to get your perspective on this, uh, just what might occur or transpire in terms of transactions for the Canadian tech market, IPOs, let's start there. Do you see a resurgence of this in 2024? You know, again, from what I hear in the market, there's a few companies that have filed or getting ready to go public. And there is quite a few companies in Canada that have nine figures revenue growing well and have a positive bottom line. And so I think in any market, those should be receptive. I think as the market improves a bit and stabilizes, they'll go public. I don't know if it's okay. Q2, Q3, Q4, but I think you will see them. And I think the good thing is, I think they're going to be bigger exits than we saw at the, you know, in 2021. They okay. won't be driven by the hype of of COVID and the demand for everyone to trade everything. I think these will be okay. solid companies, whether we're tech or not. And that when they go public, they'll have a choice which market they go public on. I think they'll be well received. Okay. Again, not financial advice. Yeah, not financial advice. Right, right on. Uh, in terms of acquisitions now, do you see, again, you know, large tech players remaining active in terms of acquisitions? Do you um, see maybe another player in the mix? Like, how would you foresee acquisitions for this year? I, I, I think we're going to see what we saw last year and a bit of the year before that is okay. the companies that are large, that are private, but not the mega caps especially in Canada, that's basically Shopify. 
mm-hmm. like you, yep. you'll see the players that have solid businesses that can acquire distribution or products or customers cost effectively use the currency to continue scaling up and i think there's been a few companies that have proven they're willing to do that certain perfect example right based out of victoria they've been slowly expanding their geography reach they've been uh, expanding their product uh roadmap tucking in companies they probably have my guess is they have strong numbers and if they either can acquire Acquire for little cash or for using their currency as you know their stock as a currency. I think you'll see a lot. I think you'll see more acquisitions throughout the years. More companies, smaller companies, realize it's time to exit. Yeah, I was just going to ask you about just predictions for early stage companies because um, I think there was a few headlines last year towards the end of the year about um, a, lo- a few of them being acquired, and you saying that that was uh, sort of where you saw maybe the yeah. future going. Yeah. So again, I think you'll see. Look, there's a lot of companies that have impairments from 2021. And I mean by that, like they may have built a successful business, a valid business or valid customer uh, base and historically would be able to raise, but they raised it at 2021 valuation. We're not capital efficient because the market was not encouraging that and are still there because they were, had a lot of cash. They were able to raise either you know, raise what they charge customers and cut some employees and extend the runway and not looking going, Hey, we're not going to be able to grow into the next valuation. Um, cause of that, people are kind of hesitant. We have a real business here. Let's get acquired. Um, let's figure out where the best landing spot for this is and make, you know, some returns for investors. I think also as there'll be aqua hires, which are, you know, the three to five person, maybe 10 person team, usually probably engineers, Right, that have shown the ability to build a product that make it that are going to get acquired just because people want the talent density. Right, and just lastly, I know why people like to listen to this show and like to hear your takes is just they want to know the implications and the future of the ecosystem. So, you know, what does twenty twenty four look like for people working in tech or who are interested in investments and things like that? Well, as much as we hate to see companies disappear, yeah. Um, I think, you know, having, I, I, I think it's actually a good thing. I think we're going to end a year. If we, if we have a few companies go public, we have lots of the companies on last legs cleaned out for lack of a better word. I think we're going to end up and be entering 2025 with a more positive attitude, a more robust ecosystem where there's been money made, where people in situations that they were dreading every month, is this the last month out of the, you know, out. And, and so I'll just, be a healthier ecosystem. Um, I think the fact that there'll be some liquidity will give people confidence, either institutions or high net worth individuals to become investors again. It'll encourage employees who've made money off the liquidity events to become uh, you know, investors. So you're going to see a bit more cash come into the ecosystem. And then I think you'll see more team, more companies get started, um, especially what you'll see is people freed up from their past company. They, you know, they, they shut down, but they've now got experience. and know, Hey, if I'm going to start something, this is what I need to do. Um, and so I think you'll see a next generation of startups, more just starts being generated than we did in the last 12 months. Mm-hmm. And there'll be experience will pay off. And then finally, some people will say, Hey, I don't like this whole risk of a start, you know, startup scene. I'm going to go back working corporate Canada. Right. Or something that's maybe a little bit more of a larger or more established yeah. organization. Okay. 
Uh, and just to, I guess, keep it rolling and stay on the more, more of the monetary focused subject. So Canadian venture funding landscape. Again, this is right up your alley. I'm sure you have a lot to say about this, but just uh, in terms of let's start with fund deployment. Um, what are your what are you predicting in terms of investments for this year? Well, so there's there's two ways. There's money going into funds. Yep. So new net new funds. And I think there's money coming up in the funds and the companies. So um, there was a lot less capital raised in the last two years by venture funds across the world than there was the previous two years. Mm -hmm. Part of this is lack of liquidity. I think one thing that's unique in Canada is we have the Vicky Fund, which is a government that goes into these fund of funds that then has to get deployed in the uh, funds. And the last round was announced. I think in 2022 and the fund of funds were picked in 2023. I think just the funding cycle is a bit slower. So I think their capital is going to new net new funds in 2024, which will start deploying that money in 24. I think also lots of funds may have pushed off fundraising in 23. Yeah. So I feel like there's probably going to be some net new capital going to funds in 2024, at least more than there was in 2023. So um, I think, that also implies that, you know, as the market stabilizes, these funds and funds know that they have more funds capital coming in. Those will start deploying a bit, maybe a bit more rapid pace. Uh, again, I, I don't think it should impact how a manager ma deploys capital. But if yeah. they don't have capital, they can't deploy. So if they have capital and they didn't have before, they'll it's going to lead to more investments. Right, and just um, I guess in terms of we just kind of talked about you know IPOs and public companies and just to go into maybe the tech stock market outlook you can just keep okay. this well if you want is this going to be positive for 2020 well, let, let me replay let, let me rechange this question i think 2023 saw general movement in the tech stock market up on the public markets and usually we see the private markets go are 12 to 24 months behind so if the market stabilizes and the, and the public markets stay at these higher valuations you'll see more value more investments in the later stage and uh, of the, the private market in canada in 2024, is there also perhaps a rise of non-software ventures, things heading back towards hardware and deep tech? I know we talked a lot about deep tech and also climate tech last year as well. well. What are your thoughts? I think you're going to see um, you, you had some exits in hardware in Canada. You have Cleopatra Box mm -hmm. exit for what looks like a good exit. You've had, um, I think there's a desire and like you've seen some other deep tech or hard sectors emerge in the last few years. Defense technology, unfortunately, seems much more appealing than it did six years ago or five years yeah. ago with wars around the world. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, I, I, I think you're seeing some investors realize that AI can power a new, you know, ver you know, new models for hardware. And I think the climate change is not going anywhere. So I think there's a bunch of different ways you're gonna see deep tech, you know, hardware robotics, I think there's a lot more interest in these businesses and business models than there was when everything was SaaS and easy to, and SaaS was doing well. So mm -hmm. I think you'll see diversification will get invested in. And then just um, lastly, to kind of wrap things up, any just final pieces of advice, feedback, takeaways? Now that the money deployed in the companies is increased, may not be a huge increase in numbers of deals, but if you just see a few more late stage deals increase the numbers, um, Again, we won't be anywhere near the 2021 peak, but I think this year will be positive momentum for number, you know, slight uptick in number of deals financed, but um, a significant uptick in late stage. 
-hmm. fields, which will create the number of number of amount deployed in the VC in Canada to look bigger. I think early stage valuations are likely to remain stable. Um, and it's that plus, which is interesting because if they remain stable and you're more efficient, because we talked about AI making companies more productive, um, there'll be much more focus on the capital efficiency of startups and, and they could raise money and last a bit longer than they have historically. So I think there's nowhere upward pressure on early stage startups right now. Um, and I think like broader range of companies are going to get financed. Awesome. And I think you just wanted to make one more call out about the predictions in general for uh, anyone that's listening too. Yeah. If you have a prediction, share it with us, put it on social media. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think we're encouraging a lot more, um, we're doing a lot more crowdsourcing, I should say, in terms of um, not just the news that we think is interesting and would benefit the ecosystem, but of course, what people want to be hearing about. And um, I've made note that six months from now, I think we should come back and just really review the predictions. Do you want to make me look bad? No, no, it's, it's predictions. It's we're not telling the future. It's just what we think might transpire. And it's obviously our opinion. But it would more so I think be interesting for us to see what has changed or evolved um, further. But I have a feeling that you are probably in a lot of ways correct about, about this. So you might be surprised. It might make you look even better. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, and just to wrap up, just some events coming up we want to let the community know about. This week, January 17th, our first of the year, we're back at Rotman. Uh, very excited to bring another Together event to our community. And then also at Rotman on February 12th, and we have a Tectio marketing February 26th, and then best of Tectio back at City Hall on March 18th. So lots to look forward to, and tickets and the link to that will be in the show notes and on our website, of course. Final thoughts before we go, Alex? Looking forward to seeing a lot of people out there this year. Um, mm -hmm. We're going to try to hopefully be across the country more often. We want also, don't be shy to ping us about a question or a news event or something you want to take on, or if you have a take, share it with us and Hopefully we'll talk about it. Yeah, that would be fun. Awesome. Well, as always, thanks, Alex. Great to kick off 2024 with you. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you are listening to this podcast. We will be back to our regular scheduled time and releasing a new episode next week on Thursday. But until then, we'll see you on the inside. We're in the business of delivering impossible things. We're in the business of delivering things that nobody's ever seen before. If you build that culture, you'll come up with you know really cool and innovative stuff and you know, literally could be in the next multi-billion dollar idea. So this conversation is largely going to be about scaling yourself and scaling your leadership team. I want to talk about one of the biggest struggles that I think a lot of startups face early on, which is building initial traction.